Reinhardt, and you're listening to The Catholic Foodie with Jeff Young and, if you're lucky, his wife, Char. And this is Jeff Young, The Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 100 of The Catholic Foodie, Gaudete, Rejoice. Welcome, folks, to The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and this is the 100th episode. I can't believe it. And, uh, you know, as a special treat, we have brought back an old favorite, an old favorite here. (laughs) Someone who just had her birthday, an old favorite. (laughs) My wife, Char. Hey, Char, how you doing? Hello. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. We've got some good things here on the 100th, uh, not anniversary, I'm going to set it again, 100th anniversary. Oh, God, that'd be 100 years. No, 100th episode. We're going to talk about Gaudete Sunday and also Our Lady of Guadalupe right here at the Catholic Foodie. Where food meets faith. One hundred episodes, honey. One hundred. What do you think about that? Wow, I can't believe it. I can't either. I feel old. You feel we and feel I, old for other reasons. And I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it either. I mean, it's been uh, two years. About about two years now. I've been. Doing this, you know, Catholic foodie thing, and uh, <laughs> golly, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It has. I haven't yep. been on in a really long time. I know, it's been a while. Like so Dozens of episodes. <laughs> I was thinking earlier, it's like, you know, it's a you know, hundred episodes. We should have something like exciting to uh, announce, like, this is it, folks. We're closing up shop. This is it. Last episode. No more. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but that wouldn't be any fun. Because then, you know, I mean, it'd be over. Yeah. So how about we say, hey, 100 episodes. This is just the beginning. We're just starting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Glad you're here. But you figured it out. <laughs> you know. I did in the nick of time. <laughs> just like last episode, just in the nick of time. Um, yeah. So it's pretty cool. 100 episodes. So today we're going to talk about um, being 100 years old. No, we're not. Uh, we're going to talk about... Um, what are we going to talk about? Oh, Gaudete Sunday. Today is Gaudete Sunday. You know what that means? Gaudete? Gaudete. Uh, Gaudete. Rejoice. 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 That's right. And if you, I wanted to get all like, you know, Latin ninja on you, I could tell you like case and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not. But <laughs> yeah, it is. It's actually, you know, Gaudete. It is a command. It is rejoice. Rejoice. Let us rejoice. Um, so, uh, very cool. We're going to talk about that for a little bit. And also today is the, well, we don't celebrate it because it's a Sunday, but today is the actual day that we typically commemorate the, the feast or memorial of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I love that. I love that very much. I lived in Mexico for two years. So of course I've got a devotion to Our Lady, uh, La Guadalupana, we called her. And uh, you know, well, we we can talk about maybe we'll we'll maybe share our meal last night. We yeah, last night. we'll talk about that in a little bit. So that's very good. And also, Sarah Reinhardt has a great devotion to uh, Our Lady Guadalupe, and she's going to talk about that in the Mary in the Kitchen segment. So that's very exciting. But before we do any of that, I want to thank first of all our sponsor, DivineOffice.org, and we have a special promo here that they put together, and I'd like to play. Right now. God, come to our assistance. Lord. 
God make haste to help us. DivineOffice.org Ministry believes it is supremely to be hoped that the Liturgy of the Hours may pervade and penetrate the whole of Christian prayer, giving it life, direction, and expression, and effectively nourishing the spiritual life of the people of God. With DivineOffice.org as the new form of the ancient Liturgy of the Hours, we are all invited to grow ever more into the image and likeness of Christ, through, with, and in our unceasing prayer of praise, until God is all in all. If you already know the liturgy, then you will appreciate the DivineOffice.org approach. Traditional, vital, and contemporary, respectful, thoughtful, and disciplined, friendly, inclusive, and accessible, attentive to accuracy, detail, and order. If this prayer is new to you, or you've tried it, but it was too confusing, the DivineOffice.org electronic format is perfect for you. DivineOffice.org leads you step-by-step through the structure of this form of prayer. It can assist in the recitation of the liturgy, individually, in small groups, at home, and where larger common celebration is not possible. The DivineOffice.org electronic form of the Liturgy of the Hours is also available in all or part, with apps for most mobile devices. This is our faith. And we are DivineOffice.org. A A virtual virtual community community of of prayer everywhere everywhere and always. Glory, 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 blessed Trinity. Once begun evolving now, glory be eternally. The one I am in three. DivineOffice.org It's beautiful. That's wonderful. So thank you again to our sponsors, DivineOffice.org. And if you have not yet visited DivineOffice.org, please do, and join us there in prayer. Now, honey, you know, earlier, well, actually, this past week, I made a new friend. You did? Yeah. I feel kind of, you know, like, you know, like little kids, little kids make friends, you know. I made a new friend. It was so cool. Uh, It's Emily Butler, and she is a health counselor. She does consulting, uh, lots of, you know, like real food and nutrition and exercise and really good stuff like that. Very much into the real food kind of thing. I love that. And uh, she also, she actually, I think at, uh, the last, this past, over this past year, she made friends with somebody else that you and I know about, although we haven't made friends with him yet. Okay. But we will. Okay. Father Leo Padalingho. Cool. You know Father Leo, yeah. Grace Before Meals. Well, they made friends, and then, then like, you know, we made friends. So it's really cool. And uh, I actually, before we sat down here today to uh, record episode uh, 100 of The Catholic Foodie, I had a conversation with Emily because she has a special announcement regarding Father Leo, something exciting about Father Leo that's going to happen tomorrow, Monday you know, tomorrow, Monday, uh, December 13th, and it's going to be a telephone interview that people can call in and be a part of. 
Very exciting. So I had Emily on the phone, and I went ahead and recorded that little conversation. Okay. And I'd like, if you would like, I, I'll go ahead and play that right now. All right. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, folks, we have a special treat today, very special treat. Uh, we have a friend on the show. It's a new friend, someone I just met this past week, but I would like to welcome Emily Butler. Hey, Emily, how you doing? Hi, Jeff. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. It's getting cold over here, though. Uh, oh, I think it's it? Yes, yeah, it's, it is like, you know, South Louisiana. Normally, it's uh, sweltering hot, lots of humidity. But uh, today, I think it's getting down to 27 tonight, and it's going to be like oh, 19 wow. or 17 tomorrow, something like that. It's crazy. Oh, my goodness. That is crazy. I know. I know. So wow. I'm going to wow. put a fire in the fireplace and uh, try to— own a sweater? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have, to, we have to from time to time have a sweater or a coat or something. But yeah. So we're going to try to stay warm tonight. Um, but you are—you're uh, a new friend. You're a new friend. We Yay! just met this past week. Good another friend. <laughs> yeah, it's another. It's a. It's another one of these uh, marvels of modern technology, the yes. internet that uh, we encountered each other, and so happy to have you as a friend now. Uh, you likewise, likewise. You are a health counselor. Yes. And uh, you have a website. It's called Core Wisdom Wellness. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about? Your background, like what, what is this all about? What do you do? Oh, good question. Good question. Well, um, a little bit about my personal background. Um, I started getting sick at a very young age when I was a child, and um, most of my life I lived with um, chronic debilitating illness, and the only way that I knew how to manage it was um, through taking medications. And as I got older, um, I was on my own, and I just kind of was getting a little tired of, you know, continuing with experimental medications, and I just, something deep inside of me told me that there was something more out there. And um, lo and behold, I, I came across a book by Dr. Andrew Weil, and it opened up this whole new world to me of health and nutrition and exercise and nourishing ourselves by um, doing things that really feed our spirit as well as our, our body and our mind. And um, so this was a whole new world that opened up to me. And um, oh, probably about 10 years after I got a hold of that book, um, I just really put myself on a whole new journey and my body started healing and I found in everything that I tried, nutrition seemed to be, for me, the most powerful thing among everything that I was doing because, you know, we eat three times a day and we can make choices about what we put in our body. I, it was just, and then, you know, I just love food and cooking. Once I started feeling better, um, it really uncovered this passion within me for eating because 
before when I was sick, I just would kind of picket my food and I never really, you know, got excited about food. But once I started feeling good, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, I just was tasting things in a whole new way. And uh, so, you know, then I came to a point where I really wanted to help other people. And the idea came to me, well, what if I could make a career of this? What if people actually came to me uh, who didn't feel well and were seeking other options and I could help them? So that's when I came across a school in New York City called Integrative Nutrition. And it just really uh, was everything I could possibly ask for in a school. And they had wonderful guest teachers that would come and speak, one of whom was Dr. Andrew Weil, who wrote this book that first really got me on this path. And uh, so I've been in practice for two years now, and I just absolutely love what I do. And it's just really exciting to be part of really like a whole movement that's happening to bring more health to our whole country. So That is extremely exciting. I mean, especially it from... It is very exciting. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm a foodie for sure, but I'm a real foodie. I love... I love real food, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that, that's, that's the that. yeah, and and it it's amazing when you think about uh, the 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 prevalence of so many illnesses today that yeah. seem to have just sprung up, and yeah. when you kind of look side by side with our culture and our society and how we feed ourselves and how I mean the food industry itself has changed radically even since I was a child. Now I grew up on. Mm-hmm you know, sugar and, 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 you know, can't get enough of it. And there were, you know, margarine, godly margarine. Well, don't even want to get started, but, you know, grew up on all this stuff. And, uh, it's like a whole generation of people or several more, more than just a, a whole generation. I think generations now went through some sort of a metamorphosis mentally when it came to food and how we eat. And I think just now recently, I don't know. I mean, at least uh, as far as I can tell recently, it seems like this whole new movement has sprung up of saying, no, you know, food is food. And mm-hmm. if, if we're going to eat, we need to eat real food. Absolutely, Jeff. Absolutely. Yeah, there was, you know, in our, if we look back at history and we look at the way that our great grandparents ate and maybe even our grandparents, I know my grandma grew up on a farm. And they ate real food, you know. They milked the cows and uh, everything was fresh and, you know, from their own backyard. And then we kind of went through this big phase where things became very processed. And, um, you know, even our meat processing, we have factory farms for our animals. And then there's a whole margarine thing, which is, if you ever look into how that's made, it's actually kind of scary about all the processing and <laughs> oh, the heat and the ways that they kind of denature food. And, you know, now we're kind of in this, you know, evolution that's actually taking us back to nature where we're realizing our bodies just aren't really meant to process these kind of concocted, denatured, processed, chemicalized foods. It was a great right. idea. I think the intention at the beginning was, hey, we could feed a lot more people if we do this mass industry, but, right. you know, it's kind of backfiring now because it's, we're learning, you know, that there's a connection between all of these uh, illnesses that are on the rise now. You know, there's a lot of diabetes out there, obesity, especially in our young children. That's where it's really disheartening when we're seeing, you know, our young children um, 
all across the nation are suffering from all kinds of uh, health concerns. So it's time for change, and we're we're going back to real food. And it, it's funny too. I mean, I you know my background. I'm a philosopher. I have a degree in philosophy, and oh, uh, cool. traditional. I say traditional classical philosophy, Catholic philosophy. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, this whole metamorphosis, this, this change took place really with Descartes. Descartes was, uh, oh, I think, that the father of this. It's funny because, you know, he's the, the we know, the, everybody knows that quote, I think, therefore I am, right? Yeah, but Descartes' yeah. philosophy really did uh, bring about a, a rift between body and, and soul and, and man. Mm-hmm. And so we began to see ourselves for the first time really as a machine. And it's mm. our bodies. It's like we're a machine, and and you know that whole image we have. And and thank you, thanks to the the police, the great uh, classic rock band, the Police, for yes, their their I album Ghost. Yes, <laughs> Ghost in the Machine. You know, but the the, the body's oh. machine. So you have the Industrial Revolution. You have all this change in society, and of course, in the in the way that we mass produce things, and if, and human beings are seen as machines. You know, food is just fuel. To fuel the machine, and it's going to use the fuel that you give it. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas now, I mean, we are having that kind of that kind of um, uh, return to mm-hmm. an understanding from a lot of, of philosophers out there now, even Pope John Paul II, uh, of a more existential, but not not it, it's a it's an anthropological existentialism. That's a a lot of hmm. big words, right? But it's yeah, it's is. the the meaning of existence, but with man in a sense at the center. Although we we from a Catholic standpoint, we don't say that man's at the center when we're talking about man and God. But it, it the human person has to be respected and not made into a machine, right? We're we're hmm. body and soul, and man as a whole has to be respected. Hmm. So it's just really to me from a, philosoph- a philosophical standpoint, I'm fascinated by it. But the thing that's so cool is that these big ideas impact us on our on our plates. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it impacts us. You know, what mom and dad puts on the table. Um, mm-hmm. Real people, real decisions, and so it's fascinating to th- to think of it this way. That in a sense, folks who are out there on the front lines trying to uh, bring us back to real food. Mm-hmm. Um, are philosophers in reverse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like through the yeah. stomach, through through the the focusing on the the real food, we're really helping people to understand what it means to be people. Yeah. Which is an extremely yeah. Catholic thing to do, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah. you're you're part of this great movement. It's fantastic. It is fantastic, Jeff, and um, you know, just to you know, touch on what you just said from the health counselor perspective, um, you know, in the work that I do, it's really fascinating. And in my own personal journey, I experienced this as well. Um, you know, when we do start to shift out of the, the processed fast food, you know, kind of so-called junk foods or just these more processed ways of eating the quick convenience foods, we do start going back to eating these really simple, you know, really the food that, you know, God provides us with uh, from the earth, that bounty. Uh, when we go back to eating these more simple earth, 
real foods, uh, it actually does start to change our body on a cellular level. Um, and we do, it affects not only, you know, on a cellular physical level, but then that starts to affect how we think. And then we start to see changes in behavioral patterns as well. Um, and I know for me and, and working with my clients, it's really fascinating um, to see these changes start to happening, you know, and we start to kind of wake up to our life more. And part of what I do is when I support people, we look at nutrition and we start with the cellular level. That's really the foundation where the change begins. But then when we start to change how we eat and we start to feel better, we start to wake up to our lives and we might start to realize maybe I'm not so happy in this job anymore and I want more of a sense of purpose and passion in my life. So then we can start to look at that and say, okay, well, what are some small steps you can start to take to really move closer towards, you know, God's thing for you? Um, how can we create, you know, more health and happiness in your life? So it's really fascinating how just a simple change in going back to real food can really actually lead us t- towards a more authentic, you know, path in our life. Right. You know, it's it's, it's and it's funny. It, it's it's funny too because it's uh it all it's all of a piece. I think it it, it all kind of fits together, and uh, it's, it's extremely. It's just very human. And uh, you know, one of the things I'm very excited about because you, you know, we've had a chance to talk you and I over the last uh, this past week, and uh, I'm very excited because you see the big picture, and you're talking about more than just eating right, more than just exercise. There's there's this this yeah. whole other realm, uh, the the social realm, um, the the fact that you know family life is so important. We have to support families. And, uh, of course, that's a big thing here, the Catholic foodie, and you know, getting around the kitchen table yeah, and yeah. even getting into the kitchen together and just so many things that that used to be part of normal human life, but yeah. everybody gets so busy and we want that convenience now and fast food. and But to, to really try to bring people back into the kitchen and to eat together and to eat well makes you a better human being, but it also makes better families. And families are extremely important for our world and something that you have going on that I am just so excited about. I can't stand it (laughs) is, uh, is that you have this thing is cooking with the stars and, uh, someone that I admire a lot. You have, you have uh, something scheduled for tomorrow, uh, with somebody that I admire quite a bit, somebody who wears a Roman collar and also an apron and I love aprons. <laughs> aprons are wonderful. I love being in the kitchen. They are wonderful. So what do you have going tomorrow? What's happening? This is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's very, very exciting. I'm just bubbling over with joy about this uh, amazing event, and I can't wait to share it with everyone. Um, I will be interviewing Father Leo Padalinghug. Uh He is a celebrity chef and priest, and... Um, he uh, won over the judges on Throwdown with uh, against Bobby Flay with his fabulous fajitas recipe. So he's definitely uh, a good cook, as well as an inspirational speaker. And he's going to uh, we're going to have a wonderful discussion tomorrow evening um, about how uh, to really get back into the kitchen with your family and how to make family meals happen on a more regular basis. 
Um, he's got a cookbook out that's wonderful, and we're going to talk more about that and just how families can really start uh, building meaningful conversation at the dinner table and making it more of a priority in their life and, um, you know, getting back to, you know, real food and real family time and uh, creating more health for their family as a result. So That is very, very exciting. Yes. Very exciting. Matter of fact, um, it's going to be a live interview, and it's yeah. – um, it's a it's a, a phone interview that you have set it up some way to where uh, folks can call in and they can actually be present during this interview on the telephone, which That's is so right. cool, very cool. Yeah, and, uh, it's and, very cool. Uh, people will have a chance to ask Father Leo their their own personal questions they have or share you know challenges that they might be experiencing, some obstacles and you know, get um, some guidance from him live uh, right there on the phone. So, I, I can't wait. I, I signed yeah. up, so I'm going to be there. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, I can't wait to have you, Jeff. I've been That'd spreading be the word, spreading the word. I've got some friends yeah, of mine we talked to. I would love to. to invite everyone to take advantage of this amazing opportunity. So so uh, what we can do, let's see, um, your website, again, it's corewisdomwellness.com. Mm-hmm. And yes. in order to sign up for, uh, to be able to call in, what do they have to do? They, they just go to corewisdomwellness.com? Yeah, they can go to corewisdomwellness.com and click on the tab for classes and events. And then they'll see all the details um, about the call and Father Leo on that page. And then there's a little box at the bottom and they can enter their email there, and then they will get an email that will have the, all of the call-in instructions, um, the phone number, and the access code to get on the call. Wow. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to have to stay up tonight late and think up some really hard questions to ask Father Leo. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, give him a good challenge. <laughs> Well, that that is it's very exciting. I'm I'm uh, yeah. I'm thrilled about this because it's just it's such a Catholic foodie thing, and it's just uh, it's so much a part of of what the Catholic foodie here, you know, CatholicFoodie.com. So much of of what we're all about. And uh, I tell you, I haven't told you this yet, but I did spread the word around among uh, our friends at at church, you know, at our parish here. Oh, wonderful! And so I've got Thank some you, folks Beth. who are going to be joining us tomorrow uh, uh, for that call. So the call itself is going to be tomorrow, which is uh, Monday, the 13th of December. And uh, yeah. the way it breaks down, I believe it's 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 That's p.m. Right. Central, uh, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, if, if, if I have this right, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, if folks sign up and then they're not able for whatever reason, they just can't make it to actually, you know, at that time to... to to be on the call, um, is there something for them? Yes, absolutely. Um, they can go ahead and register for the call, and then, you know, if something comes up um, where they're not able to actually be on the live call, just for registering, they will still receive a free MP3 recording um, afterwards. So um, if they just enter their email in that box um, on that special page that I mentioned, um, they can still 
get the recording even if they can't make the live call. So either way, it's a win-win situation. Awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I'm really, I'm just really passionate about sharing this with as many people as possible because I just feel if we can, you know, reach families, then we can start reaching children and it's just really exponential. Um, you know, we can start making a change all across the country. I know Father Leo is working on this exciting movement, which I'm sure he'll be talking more about on the call, um, to just really, you know, bring families closer together and start making change and more health as a nation. So, um, so please, you know, feel free to register for the call and you'll still get the recording even if you can't be there for the live event. Well, I'm very excited. I will be there tomorrow. And I certainly Thanks, hope Jeff. that uh, we have many others who join us. This is, um, this is a very exciting thing. And uh, you know what, Emily? Yeah. I would love, and I haven't even asked you this yet. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm putting <laughs> you on the spot here. But I would love if you would come back on the show so that we could talk some more about um, your experience and your, your, your thoughts on health and nutrition. Oh, I would love that, Jeff. Thank you so much for inviting me. That awesome. would be great. Well, we'll talk about that. Try to, you know, I'll get my people to talk to your people, and we'll try to make that happen. And uh, <laughs> sounds in the, good. In the meantime, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate you taking your time to 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 join me here on the show. Well, it was my pleasure, Jeff, and thank you so much for having me. And once again, the website is corewisdomwellness.com. So thank you again, Emily, and our prayers are with you, and I look forward to being on the call with you and Father Leo tomorrow. Sounds great, Jeff. Well, that was, uh, that was exciting, huh, honey? I loved it. Isn't that great? Well, I really feel like um, that's kind of what you're all about here at the Catholic Foodie. What I'm all about or what we're all about? Oh, well, what we're all about. I mean, you know, we're together on this, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's appropriate that it's the 100th anniversary. Here it's I hard am. to I'm not say old. 100th anniversary. <laughs> the 100th episode, and that was, a, that kind of summed up, you know, what what we are all about. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's what our family is all about. Um you know, trying to, I mean, I have a passion too for spreading the um, the real food movement, you know, mm-hmm. and I have it on my heart, like it, for, for others, you know, for, for families, for children, um, but that's what we, we strive for. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was just thinking. <laughs> what are you, you said thinking that, about? Like, like, yeah, it's like you know, you never want to miss an opportunity to make a snide remark to somebody on Facebook about. Uh, <laughs> I know what you were thinking about. Now. I okay, help, I, I mean, <laughs> um. well, it's it's funny. It's funny because you know we're so ingrained in our culture. I think we're so ingrained. Your mind wandered, like well, and you so just in- got stuck somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> But that's what happened. You know, we, we grow up and we're in this culture and we, we are, it's all fast food, it's all processed food, it's all margarine, which will kill you in like two seconds. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's all this horrible stuff. And people wonder why we have all these health problems, but we eat like, 
I don't know. We don't. We don't eat like human beings. We. I don't know what we eat like. It's crazy. Is it the way the food? It's just insane. It's well, absolute think, insanity, I, and it's all about money, which is what okay, makes me stop, stop, angry. Stop. But no. no, I. I think that it's, it's that we've quit thinking, and so the beauty of you know having Emily on, um, having someone like Father Leo out there, having someone like us out there, <laughs> is that um, it's just the reminder. Um, you know, hey, what are you, you know, what are you doing? What are you eating? Right, what are you thinking? Right. Um, you know, anyway, I, I could, I can't say everything I want to say. I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway, my whole point, and I made that comment, my whole point is just that, you know, it, it's hard when we live in a culture like this where uh, everything is so processed, everything is so fake. And people talk about it like it's, I don't, I mean, just imagine, I mean, here I, I'm, I'm a foodie, first of all, okay, so that's, it's like you have to be very careful when you talk about food and you're a foodie because some people are like, you know, I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of a good example and I can't, but they you know, just they, don't they, think they get, about it. They, or just, they, they get really excited about, oh, you know, I just, I just made this cake and it was just so good. This new Betty Crocker mix, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a second. That, that's, what, what are you talking about? You know, it's right. just not, it's not real. No, it's, not it's real. just chalk oh, full of stuff. Oh, but you know, oh, we just had this great salsa and it was just so fantastic. And it was, you know, but it came out of a jar. Right. You know what I mean? It's like. It's not the same as when you have like, you know, tomatoes and onions and cilantro and garlic right. and salt and all you do is throw it in the Cuisinart and go uh, jalapenos and, press the and, and you and you know, and it's like it takes you two <laughs> seconds to do and it's just so good for you. And there's no preservatives, there's no garbage, and it's not processed, it's real stuff. You it know just what I mean? It tastes good. So I, I my whole point again is uh recently you know, I mean, okay, no, don't say anything. Okay, but I'm I guess stopping. what even when I, I mean when I think of what I fed even our children when they were children, yeah, I oh, mean, yeah, I was absolutely. just like insane. And you know, when I think of all this juice I gave them, I I cringe to think about that. Right, you know, right. but that was what you were supposed to do. Right? I thought I was you're never supposed had to do this. <laughs> they tell you you're supposed to do this. I don't know. That's the thing. I think I wasn't, you know what I mean? I was just going yeah. with it and not thinking and moving so fast. Right, right. And, um, I mean, at that time I had three, three children in diapers, you know, but mm -hmm. that's the thing. I think, um, like I said, it's just nice to have people out there who are spreading the word and, um, yeah. Making people stop and think, oh gosh, yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe this, what I've been doing isn't, the best I can do. So, well, yeah. The thing that that's that gets me about it is that, um, I mean, first of all, it doesn't really take that much more effort to eat right, right. or I should say, to eat better. You know, I mean, the salsa example. I mean, it's 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 a matter of spending. I don't know how much is it for. I haven't bought a jar of salsa in a long time, but. I don't know, three, four dollars. I have no idea. Mm. You know, or you spend about the same amount on the cilantro and the tomatoes and whatever. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, you got to like actually blend it together. But 
It's about the same price. Actually, it's, you get a lot more salsa out of right. the same amount of money buying just the plain ingredients. You can you can make like a we've made like a huge bowl of salsa the last time we did it, probably for the same amount of money that we would spend to buy a jar of salsa. Right. And it was so much better, and we got to make it to our liking. And it, as far as the making it part, it, it doesn't take that much longer. No. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not that. It's it's our lifestyle. And. It, <laughs> but it does. It does make. I like what Emily said. It. <clears throat> it like some people. Get to the point, and I think we kind of got to the point because I felt terrible. Right. You know? Right, right. I think it was, you know, a lot of stress and everything, but I think it because I felt bad, and then I said, well, let me take a look at at this. And um, I think that's what wakes up, you know, that's a lot of people's wake-up call. I think it's a health crisis, which is a terrible time to, you know, it's terrible to have to get to that point to take a look at at you know, what you're eating and um, your lifestyle. But I think it does spill over very quickly to your lifestyle because I think it does t- it does take a little more effort. I mean, depending on what you're making, it's easier oh, to, yeah. Yeah. you know, it takes more time to make a meal from scratch than it does to pick it up, you know, already prepared. Um, so it does, call, I think it makes you slow down. Oh, to cook. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which is good. Oh, yeah, it is very good. <laughs> you know, so anyway. Very, very good. Uh, so join the call. Join the, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tomorrow night. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. But the other thing that's so cool is, I, I mean, I love talking to people about all this. Uh-huh. You know, it's just fun when you meet people and are you, you know, you know, the people, even the people in town that um, we're kind of all on the same page. With all the, the cooking and eating and all that, the health stuff together. And so I love to put our heads together and chat about it. You yeah. Know? So the, the call will be fun, too. It's fun. And so when you see, like, kind of the bigger movement, it's really great. You know who we, we really need to get on the call? Who? Sean McGahee. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, we need to get Sean on the call because... You know, Sean, way back when, you know, episode like zero of the Catholic right. Foodie, <laughs> I called, and, and matter of fact, uh, this um, at the end of the summer in August when I went to uh, the CNMC in Boston, Sean was there, and it was a lot of fun to see him again. And uh, he, he, he <laughs> Sean has, um, he's got a great sense of humor, first of all, great sense of humor. And uh, he's got, he just, he knows what he's talking about. And I remember before he even got the Catholic foodie off the ground, calling him up, we would use Skype and kind of picking his brain about how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, technical stuff. And he helped me answer some questions that I had been like dying to have answered and just couldn't seem to find the answer. So it's appropriate that Sean sent some feedback for episode 100 <laughs> of the Catholic foodie. So I'm very excited about this, and not only did he he's in his feedback, but he's got a special recipe he's going to share with me, with us. Okay, for some reason <laughs> I'm already laughing, and I'm I'm trying not to laugh. Um, I think this is going to be really funny. <laughs> so let's hear what uh, what Sean has to say on this 100th episode. Hello, Jeff and Char. 
It's John McGahey from the Catholic Roundup. In 1981, my father co-signed a $1,200 bank loan for me and my brother, aged 13 and 12, both with paper roots, to purchase our first computer, a TI-994. The whole family was excited by the potential of this machine, but in different ways. My brother and I wanted to learn how to program games, but the first two tasks my mother asked me to do for her were to transcribe her address book and her recipe book onto the computer. For my mother, computers have always been about communicating with family and about sharing good food together. About ten years later, after both my brother and I had left home, taking our computers with us, my mother got her first computer, a hand-me-down 286 running Windows 3.1, which had acquired the name of Arthur. <laughs> with this computer, and with each new computer, my mother's first tasks have always been to first update her address book, and later, her recipe collection. One Christmas, after my siblings and I had left home, we each received a very special present from our mother. It is a small 4x6 plastic photo album, but instead of photos, in each plastic slot, there is a typed recipe, each one a family favorite from our childhood. This ragged little book is one of my prized possessions and one I hope to pass on to my daughter when she is grown. To commemorate the 100th episode of The Catholic Foodie, I can think of no better way than to share one of my favorite childhood family recipes. This recipe is for uncooked cookies. In my adult life, I have heard them referred to as chocolate macaroons. I always refer to them by the name we called them as kids. But before I tell you our family name for these delicious cookies, allow me to share my mother's recipe. Uncooked cookies. Boil together for three minutes. Two cups of sugar half a cup margarine, half a cup milk. Then add three cups rolled oats, one cup coconut, vanilla, salt, and up to four tablespoons cocoa. Drop by spoonfuls on wax paper. That's it. Now, it is important to make sure you boil the liquid mixture for long enough or the cookies will remain mushy and they will not harden. They will still be delicious, but you will have to eat them off the wax paper with a spoon. These cookies were our family's favorite contributions to bake sales and potluck dinners, but we always broke into awkward silence and giggles when people asked us what we called them. <laughs> My mother would usually step in just in time and say, Oh, those! They are no baked cookies! But she knew, and we knew, that that was not what they were called at all. <laughs> So, Jeff, congratulations on reaching the 100th episode of The Catholic Foodie. My family has greatly enjoyed getting to know you and your family over the past two years through your podcast. Let me welcome you into the Catholic Podcast 100 Club. In honor of achieving such a milestone, I can think of no better tribute than presenting you with my mother's recipe for... <coughs> Herds. <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness. Oh, thank you so much, Sean. <laughs> and I have to tell you, he also sent some pictures. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. So um, I've got the recipe. 
that he sent and also um also pictures so we can put those in the show notes that's gonna be fun thank you so much sean i, I appreciate that that's a lot of fun it's fun <laughs> You heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomato is ripe. It's so perky. I love that. Well, honey, today is Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete Sunday. So rejoice Sunday. Do you have any idea what that's all about? I do. Well, what? what? <laughs> tell, tell me. I need to know. This is when you do your thing, you know. What do I do? <laughs> what do I do? Talk about that? Yeah, you can do it much better than me. Well, I, But I am I, wearing pink and I did dress the girls in pink. That's okay, right. Okay, is that queer? It's according. No, well, it's liturgically correct. I know, but is that is that... Kind of silly. What are you talking kind of. I, I mean, is it just I terrible? Know. I don't know. Okay. Um, you know, I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know. I know it's. For I don't know. I mean, it was <laughs> I, y'all are cute. I know that. Uh, I wasn't uh, the only one in pink. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was kind of I bummed mean, out because they did. He didn't wear the vestment. He didn't wear pink vestment. Oh, and Annabelle, today. my daughter Annabelle, our daughter, she always is very observant about vestments and clothing clothing in Fashion. general yeah i mean really she just has the artist eye so she's constantly commenting regardless but she did say that's not pink it's purple <laughs> yeah he wore a, he wore purple yeah yeah i noticed that i was like man what happened to the we, Where's we the do rose? have pink we do <laughs> have a rose vestment we do so anyway i don't know what happened i don't know what happened but anyway uh, yeah, that was, uh, it's Gaudete Sunday. So, we, you know, basically in Advent, you have the season of Advent. It's four weeks. And if you've seen an Advent wreath, you know, you've got, uh, what, uh, three purple and one pink candle. The pink candle is for the third Sunday of Advent. And in a way, it's sort of like a, it's a feast. It's a break from the, um, I guess really the fast of Advent, of waiting for the Messiah, and where you really kind of remember in a way that he really has already come. You know, I mean, this is he's here, and it's imminent. His arrival is imminent. So it's kind of a pause, a dramatic pause maybe, or a a breath before hitting that last week of Advent. And two. that's, uh, well, well, I guess, no, technically, no. Two, huh? Is it two weeks now? Yeah. Third week? Yeah, because Christmas is, yeah, because it's a Saturday this year, we have four oh. full weeks of Advent, yeah. So, um, yeah, so this is actually a, a long Advent. It's long this year. And we need it. I know we need it. <laughs> but it's a break because traditionally it's a time of fasting, you know, in the church. So this was kind of the, a break in the fast, too. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of weird, though, when feasts kind of fall on top of each other. I mean, today's Sunday. It's Gaudete Sunday. But it's also the 12th of December. It's the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, right. which is huge. I mean, it, it's huge for me. 
And it just so happens that last night we went out to eat and we had Mexican food. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Is that what you is that why you chose that restaurant? No. It was by accident. Okay. It worked <laughs> out, huh? So we could eat liturgically. Yeah, we ate liturgically last we night. We ate sorta. liturgically. We dressed liturgically. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like a walking liturgy over here. It's great. <laughs> We pray the liturgy of the yeah, hours. We're, we're, we're driving, you know, we're driving down the road in our swagger wagon, listening to divineoffice.org. I mean, it's great. <laughs> Praying left and right. It's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, we went to this this restaurant. It's kind of a new restaurant uh, called uh, Taqueria Noria, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after living two years in Mexico, I can say, I mean, this is one of the most authentic Mexican restaurants I've ever been in. I mean, the food was great. What what did we yeah. order? Well, first of all, this salsa was really good. That was the first thing we noticed. Um, it was very spicy, which I loved. And what did you? I don't know what you ordered, sweetie. Oh, I had um. It was like a burrito and a taco. It was a plate. It was a burrito, a taco, and a. Enchilada. And I had a relleno. A chili, yeah, relleno. <laughs> relleno. He corrected my pronunciation 15 times, so I did. <laughs> I was looking at him just now to check to make sure I was saying it correctly, but it was delicious. Stuffed pepper. Yeah, it was good. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really good. It was a poblano, huh? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So really good stuff. We really, I mean, it was, I, I highly recommend the restaurant. I, I want to go back. I, I told them uh, before we left. I, I, it was our waiter and also I believe, I don't know if it was the owner or, or who it was who was, I kind of imagined it was the owner. She kind of looked like a Noria. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, oh, God. I said, uh, I said, I mean, it was great. It was just, you know, it's fantastic. Loved it. We'll be back, you know. It's good. So, um, Our Lady Guadalupe, I know that uh, Sarah Reinhardt is going to talk about Our Lady Guadalupe shortly. But I also wanted to briefly mention, I'd received some feedback uh, about a week ago, and it was asking about, someone had emailed about the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Have you ever heard of this, Char? Oh, yes, honey. Well, I mean, we had it, it last year. <laughs> oh, we did? At Norman's, we did. Oh, that's and, what we did? You know, the kids and I always have books we check out from the library every year and read. And one of them is Strega Nona, um, which is, you know, she's a little Italian witch. And so she doesn't, they don't refer to the Feast of the Seven Fishes directly, but she does make, the, you know, some of the dishes. Big Anthony, her helper, you know, he's always botching things up, but... So the kids and I've read the story, you know, for years, and um, it. My sister-in-law's Italian, and I don't know if that's um, if it's in her family or not. But my brother did this last year, and um, that's what's on the menu for Christmas Eve. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I, I was. You know, I, I, honestly, I never made the connection last year of the seven fishes, and I, I don't. I it don't wasn't. Think I a, really it wasn't a, a very like 
it wasn't we weren't given a rundown on it or anything. It's just yeah, what we it were just sort of happened. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was very happy to re- receive the uh, the email, and it just so happened, I think it was like the day before, you had mentioned to me that uh, Norman, when he talked to you on the phone, he had mentioned it was, uh, you know, the, the, the theme this year for our Christmas Eve was going to be the Feast of the Seven Fishes, so I'm very excited about that. And I, I've come across online, I did a little search, I came across uh, Mario Batali, who was a fantastic uh, chef, I really love what all the the yummy stuff that Mario does. Uh, he has uh, there's a link here for um, uh, the Feast of the Seven Fishes with you know Mario Batali. So I'm going to stick that in the show notes, and you know, let me know yeah, if the if, salted cod, the bacala. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but if you guys, if you if you are going to do anything. Uh, like this, this Feast of the Seven Fishes, let me know. Or if you know anything about it, let me know about it. And of course, we'll we'll check back with you post-Christmas to uh, let you know how it went with us. But I'd love to hear from you too. You can always leave feedback for the Catholic Foodie at 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, or just send me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. And I'm Ree. And, and this is, is Mary in the, in the Kitchen with Sarah Reinhardt. <laughs> it was a cold day in December when she came to an unlikely fellow. She was surrounded by songbirds and flowers, but I think that's because she couldn't help it. Just as my daughters can't resist adding a tiara or sparkly shoes to their everyday outfits. So it is with Mary. Maybe it's because she was once a little girl. Not so different from the ones who decorate my refrigerator with pictures of rainbows and castles. Maybe it's because when a queen is around, the world cannot help but react with song and bloom. At the halfway point in Advent, it's fitting that we celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th. This is about the time when I start to realize that my Advent resolutions and ideas are too ambitious. When I face the reality of candles and little kids at dinner, when I accept that Advent as a countdown to Christmas is a start, if not an ideal. This year, I'm holding a new baby and looking at an Advent wreath that still doesn't have candles. All of my Advent stuff is still in the attic somewhere and I haven't had the wherewithal to go up and dig for it. Though almost all of my shopping is done, what's left might just do me in. I find myself juggling less in some ways than I did with my other babies, and more in other ways. I sit in my cold kitchen in the mornings, and I look at the long expanse of day in front of me, It seems like I should be able to do the three things I have on my list. By the end of the day, I'm usually corrected by other priorities. The photo sorting for calendars gets put off because of an explosive diaper and a kindergartner's need for an audience for her reading. The laundry has to be washed and the kids have to be fed, even though I haven't quite figured out the food for the upcoming baptism or wrap the presents for the upcoming family gift exchange. Our Lady of Guadalupe, 
who I've come to think of as Juan's mom in my devotions, reminds me that Mary doesn't come with a message exhorting humanity to greater domestic success or higher multitasking triumph. Juan Diego was a peasant widower and convert to Catholicism, the lowliest of the lowly in his time and place. It was just another day in his life, and maybe he was reflecting on the chill in the air his own Advent preparations, or the errands he needed to run after Mass and Catechism class. As he passed the hill of Tepeyac, he heard songbirds. Then he saw her. Imagine him stopping, resisting the impulse to run up to her and hug her. She wasn't a distant image at the front of the church anymore. In fact, she didn't look like the Mary at the church at all. She had a tan complexion and Aztec features. Juan was looking at a woman who really could be his mother. Her encouragement to him, after giving him the nearly impossible task of convincing the bishop to build a chapel at that hill, must have seemed more plausible. He must have thought of her face, so much like his own, when he was rejected by the bishop and told, basically, hey, thanks for stopping by, have a nice day, come back soon. Juan might have been a poor Aztec Indian, but he wasn't stupid. He could tell the bishop had blown him off, and he was discouraged. Mary knew just what to say when Juan asked her to find someone else, someone more important and influential. I think she must have reached out to him and touched his shoulder as she reassured him that he was, in fact, the perfect person for this assignment. When he got home that night, still discouraged by the bishop's response but bolstered by Mary's confidence in him, he found his uncle deathly ill. He missed his appointment with Mary the next day, and then, trying to get to the church for a priest to administer the sacraments to his uncle, he skirted the hill to avoid Mary. She found him, though. Juan must have looked as guilty as he felt, and he immediately apologized. When he told her why he couldn't help her that day, instead of chastising him for not trusting in God and her ability to help him, she reached out to him. Am I not here, who is your mother? Are you not under my protection? Am I not your health? Are you not happily within my fold? What else do you wish? Do not grieve nor be disturbed by anything. There are plenty more details to the story, but I always stop here. Mary's not speaking to Juan. She's speaking to me. She's asking me to look at the difficult projects, the impossible moments, the challenges that are bigger than I am. She isn't chastising me for trying to do too much, for biting off ambitious dreams, for forgetting my priorities. Instead, she's empathizing with me and offering to help. Are you feeling the pressure of the holiday season or maybe just of life in general? I encourage you to crawl into Mary's arms with a novena to Our Lady of Guadalupe or a prayer for her help. After all, it can't hurt and it might just help.
Wow. Let's do that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, I mean, I've always uh, been blown away by the words of Mary to Juan Diego. And uh, many times, many times, matter of fact, in Guadalupe, at the Basilica, looking at the image, I have uh, pondered those words as if she were saying them to me, you know. And I guess that's really what we're all called to do. I mean, she spoke to Juan, but through Juan, uh, she's really speaking to all of us, you know. So that's... um, it's amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. That is fantastic. Sarah Reinhardt, snoringscholar.com, and she probably has a little snoring bambino laying next to her. We're so very excited that uh, the baby's here. It's Christmas, and it was actually, it was for her, it was kind of like Christmas on her anniversary. It was really fantastic. So congratulations, congratulations. again, Sarah. That's awesome, and uh, thank you again for the reflection SnoringScholar.com. We also want to thank L'Angelus for the use of their Ave Maria in the show. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This Mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? And why not Why not have that food be good for you? I mean, that's, you know, another question. Hey, Jamie. That's right. You know, Jamie's got his whole, his, uh, what, food revolution or whatever he calls it. What's it called? Which we still haven't seen, actually. But I know, yeah. I know. And I'm, and, well, I, I, I like him a lot. Okay. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll talk about cover. that okay. later. We'll talk about that later. Uh, anyway, um, you know, this is the end of the show. So it's been 100 episodes. It's hard to believe. I'm so very glad to have been here, been around for 100 episodes. And I'm looking forward to 100 more. How about that? That's great. Pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage everyone. I am excited because I have a uh, super cool, like one-of-a-kind rosary that I carry around with me everywhere I go. And uh, it's beautiful. It's Jasper. It's got buffalo horn uh, that's been, I don't know what you, what do you call it, sculpted, I guess, uh, into these little beads. It's just, it's beautiful. They're actually big old beads. Well, yeah, they're big old beads. <laughs> but it's like one of a kind. It's just this beautiful I've got a rosary one of a kind. That, that, that I just love. And you have one too. Mine is leopard Jasper. Leopard Yours Jasper. is red Jasper. Mine's red, that's right. Mine's red. And... And they've it has got these beautiful these bronze crosses, bronze and crucifixes, and and centerpieces, and they're gorgeous. And we got them from Simplicities of Life. That's right. At simplicitiesoflife.com. And uh, you know, there's a couple more uh, shopping weeks. I know we don't want to be too uh, materialistic or commercial here at the Catholic Foodie, but uh, you know, the reality is we have to buy Christmas presents for family and friends. And we don't have to, but we're going to. I mean, most of us, you know, that's what we do. And if we're going to shop and buy presents for people, uh, my recommendation is we buy presents that are going to last. That's and nice. I mean, not just last till next meaning. year, but yeah. yeah, they have meaning. And, they, and the or, meaning they're, or, they're gonna, or they're consumable. <laughs> 
quickly. Or consumable, like, you know, coffee. <laughs> like coffee. <laughs> Catholic Foodie Coffee. Know, seriously. But yeah, yeah, Catholic Foodie Coffee. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the rosaries because a rosary is, it's, it's, it's a sacramental. It gives grace, you know. It's what sacramentals do. They're kind of like sacraments in a sense. Um, it, through these things, God does give grace. And, you know, to give a rosary to someone is... It's a gift that is both physical and spiritual. It's just a, it's a wonderful thing, you know. And so the, I would recommend it. And the ones from Simplicity of Life make a, I mean, they're, they're beautiful. Just, they're beautiful. They're, they're a piece beautiful. of art, and they really make an impression. Um, I mean, they they're treasured by. I mean, we just got them, but everybody loves them. They're tre- you know, <laughs> we'll treasure them, and as you know, to receive one as a gift would definitely be um, oh, yeah. a gift that would be appreciated and treasured. Absolutely. So simplicitiesoflife.com. Uh, go check out the fantastic work of Kessie and Kobe Thomas. They do some great, great, great stuff over there. Simplicitiesoflife.com. And as Char mentioned, we do have Catholic Foodie Coffee, the morning offering blend. We have it in decaf, uh, dark and medium roasts. And you can have that ground if you would like, or uh, whole bean, however you like it. We can uh, send that out to you. We roast it uh, by—I don't, but I have a roaster who roasts it by hand every Tuesday, and we ship that out every Wednesday. So uh, if you haven't yet tried the Catholic Foodie Coffee, I'm amazed, by the way, honey. I'm amazed. I've gotten so many positive comments from folks who have tried the coffee. Well, it's really good. Actually, I got, uh, I've got an email this past week. Uh, asking about a subscription service. Can can I just place a standing order? Right. You know? So and you're working on that. I'm working on it. We're, we're going to try to get that together to where you could just sign up as almost like a subscription where you have a standing order, a bag a week or whatever you want, you know, bag a, I don't know, bag a month. That would, I would only be able to have like one shot of espresso every <laughs> couple of days if we did that. But, you know, a bag a week or whatever. I don't know. We'll In see. your Mongo cup. So. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to put that together, but I'm very excited. So Catholic Foodie Coffee, you can go to catholicfoodie.com slash coffee. Is there uh, anything, honey, that we need to say before we close out? I think it's time to wrap it up. Me too. Okay. In that case, uh, you can always leave feedback with the Catholic Foodie. We love to hear from you. You can give me a call at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974, or you can send me an email at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Don't forget to go to corewisdomwellness.com. Sign up for the uh, Father Leo telephone interview for tomorrow night, December 13th. Tonight. Or actually, yeah, it's tonight. It's late By the now. time, you, By the time you hear this, it's going to be tonight. So Monday, December 13th, uh, we have this this uh, phone interview. Emily Butler will be interviewing Father Leo. So uh, corewisdomwellness.com. Go to the Classes and Events tab, and you'll see all the info right there. You can sign up for this uh, for this, this interview. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cool? Cool. All right. So until next time, which is going to be the fourth Sunday of Advent, until then, bon appétit. Bon appétit. I'm Julia Child. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Bon 
Tchau, SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.